Proverbs chapter 18, Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21. I'm going to be doing a, a series, a series for the next few weeks talking about uh, watching your mouth. Watching your mouth. Because we mess up a lot of times. What God is trying to do because of our mouths. Okay? Proverbs 18 and 21, when you, when you find it, indicate by saying amen. amen. If you don't, can't find it, just look up. Proverbs 18 and 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. And look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, neighbor. watch your mouth. Watch your mouth. That's what we're going to Watch your mouth. I, I don't I don't I don't know about you but 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 weekly I have um, um one of the most difficult things that I have to do in my daily walk as well as my ministerial walk and my pastoral walk is to have self-reflection. Not to look through the mirror and see you, but look at the mirror and see me. So I try to make it a, I try to make it a, 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 a habit, Sister Moses, every week. I should do it more than once a week, but I got too much junk. I don't want to see everything more often than that. So, so, so I, I, I make it a point to at least once a week to, to find a quiet space, a quiet place, and, and to really have a self-reflection on what has happened and how I have responded to what has happened. And what was my role in making what happened happen? So three questions. What has happened? How do I how did I respond to what happened? And what was my role in making what happened happen? Self-reflection. It gets uncomfortable because uh, uh, I believe that Shakespeare was he was he was brilliant when he said to thine own self be true. Because a lot of times in life we try to fool ourselves because we're trying to fool others. And and and, and if I can make myself believe it, it'll be easier for me to make others believe it. So I have to have a, I have to have a weekly self-reflection and in that self-reflection inevitably I get to the end of the reflection Sister Cookie and I find myself saying at this place right here you should have watched your mouth because your mouth played into taking something that wasn't so bad and making it worse than 
it needed to be. Or worse than what it was. Or worse than what it could have been. Because our responsibility as Christians is to, in whatever situation we find ourselves, are we supposed to make that situation worse or better? Yeah. Better. It should always be our goal to make whatever is going on better. To find a peaceful solution. To do all that we can to be a peacemaker. Blessed are the peace makers. And Reverend H, I, I, inevitably, I find myself saying, did you make that better? Or did you make that worse? Watch your mouth. Proverbs 18, 21 says, death and life are in the power of of the tongue. The tongue can be used as a weapon to harm and destroy or it can be used as a tool to build and heal. The tongue can be used twofold ways. It can be used as a weapon to kill and destroy or it can be used as a tool to build and heal. What kind of impact do your words have? Think about that. This is not a shouting message. I'm not going y'all not going to run around the building we're not gonna... <laughs> Practical principles for living. What kind of impact to the people who make up your space? What kind of impact does your tongue have on those people? Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago, didn't we? Maybe you've said that. But you do realize that that's not true, right? So someone revised that saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will break my heart. Sticks and stones can break my bones, but words can break people's hearts. And I would, I would, I would suggest that a broken heart is worse than a broken bone. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can break my heart. Let me ask you this question. When has an acid tongue burned you? Some of you are thinking right now about some acid tongues that have burned you in your life and, who, and that have helped formed you into the person that you are now. You do know that you don't just wake up one day and be who you are. Life 
you endure in life contribute to the person that you are. That, that's, why, that's why you can't help somebody just scratching on the surface. You got to try to get to know them in the deep places of their lives to find out why they are the way that they are. I am a person who believes children don't just wake up and say, I'm going to be bad today. Something has transpired. Some trauma has happened in the lives of that child that has contributed to make him or her the person that they are. And what you are dealing with is just the benefits of what has happened. Some of us in here know we got some deep-seated junk. And we come to church and we like to act like everything is all right and we don't have any problems and we have more questions and we have, we have more answers and we have questions. We got everything under control and then when you leave here, you go back to that same hell you tried to escape for the hour and 15 minutes that you were here. Because you never got down deep and dealt with the stuff the sticks and stones, the words breaking your heart. Some of us, certain times of the year, triggers, emotions, and before we know it, we're crying tears and people don't even understand what we're crying for, but we're reliving some stuff that we should have never had to go through. The times when those words broke our hearts. My question to you today is, do you have an acetone that burns people? Or do you have kind words that refresh other people's souls? I believe we all wish we could retract a thoughtless jab or had the perfect words to say at the right time. But I, but I learned that sometimes when people are going through trials and tribulations, the best words are no words at all. Just have, it's called the ministry of presence. Just the fact that you are there. Letting them know I'm here to support you and whatever you need. I don't know the answers. I don't know why God allowed you to go through what God is allowing you to go through. I don't know why it happened. But whatever happened and why ever it happened, just know that I am here. Sometimes your presence is more powerful than your words. I don't need you to tell me how to come out of it. I just need to know that you are in it with me. That in due time and due season, God will bring me out. But knowing that you are there with me, 
gives me strength. The Bible tells us the types of words that bless, that there are types of words that bless, and there are types of words that curse. And I believe that each of us should ask ourselves two important questions today, and then we're going to have two more important questions next week. Two important questions that we should ask when it comes to our words because we know that the power of life and death are found in the tongue. What have you killed that God is trying to give life to because of what you said? Read your Bible. The Bible is filled with people that God is trying to use. And when God starts trying to use them, they oftentimes speak death in a place where God is trying to give them life. Moses, go tell Pharaoh to let my people go. God, I can't go tell Pharaoh to let your people go. I have a st 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 stuttering problem. I can't do it. He was speaking death in a place where God was trying to give him life. The man had been at the pool 38 years, and Jesus says, do you want to be made whole? The man doesn't even ask, answer Jesus' question. He says, I have no man to help put me in the pool. Jesus didn't ask you about no man. He asked, did you want to be made whole? But sometimes life beats us up so much we don't believe we can ever get out of the place that we're in. So we miss life by speaking death. Where in your life God told you I wanted to bless you and you say, you nah, nah, that, that, you can't do that with me. I got too much stuff. I got too much junk. Lord, how you gonna how you gonna use me? You know where I come from? I just started going to church regularly. <laughs> I just learned a few scriptures. I, I, I barely know Psalms 23, Lord. You talking about you can you know where I come from? You know who my mama was and my daddy was and my big mama was? You know what side of the track I come from? You know who I used to hang with, where I used to run? I used to walk down Bissonette. See, I don't like to be real in church. But God said, have you heard about Rahab? Did you see her lineage? Did, don't you know that Jesus came through the line of, of Rahab? And, and, I swear, and, and if she was in current day life, she'd be walking Bissonette too? But I'm so glad that the Lord can take a prostitute and make her a prophetess. Oh, I wish I had somebody. The Lord can take somebody that's lost and make them foul. He can take somebody that's broken and put them back together again. He can take a drunk and make them a deacon. I wish I had somebody. He can take a pimp and make them a preacher. I wish I had somebody. You take somebody that was broken, make them a millionaire. Don't tell me what God can't do. But you got to stop speaking death into your own place. Because the power of life and death are found in the tongue. 
I got four minutes and then we got to go. This, this is the question. If you got a pen, write this down. If you don't, go back and visit it online and you can get it later. First question. Do my words bring life or build up? Second question. Do my words bring death or cut down? Am I a builder or am I a destroyer? Some of y'all not writing it down because you already know the answer. Am I a builder or am I a destroyer? Sister Is a person's life better as a result of meeting me or is their life worse? Have I helped them or have I hurt them? Did I help move them closer to their goal or did I push that goal way out there. What did my words accomplish in that conversation? Building words, watch this, they instruct, they improve, they build up, they edify, they affirm, and they promote growth. They instruct, they improve, they build up, they edify, they affirm, and they promote growth. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. But only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs. This, that it may benefit those who listen. That's Ephesians 4, 29 in the New International Version. Sincere compliments and words of affirmation Strengthen people's positive traits. God's words build us up by telling us who we are in Christ and how to live victoriously. That's building. In contrast, cutting down critical words, judging words, Words that find fault. Mm, got quiet right there. Critical words, judging words, words that find fault. What do they do? They tear down, they beat up, and they focus on defects and inadequacies. Stop telling people who are drunk that they are a drunk. You didn't tell them anything that they didn't already know. A person who is sick does not need you to tell them they are sick. They know they are sick. They need you to give them a remedy of how to move from sickness to wellness. Oftentimes in the church, we focus with laser eyes on the problem, but we never move to solution. 
so we can condemn people for being less than, but we never give them what they need in order for them to be more than. You are not doing me any favors by telling me what's wrong with me. I already know that. I've been with me all day. I was with me last night. I was with me this morning. I was with me yesterday. I was there the day my mama had me. I know about me. You're not going to give me an aha moment telling me what's wrong with me. But what you can do is give me an aha moment by showing me genuine love. And watch this. Not fixing me, but helping me to work on fixing myself. Tell your neighbor, I'm being fixed. I ain't fixed yet. See, people who know they ain't fixed yet, they can come to church and lift their hands and tell God thank you. They can put their hands together and bless God. They can, they can, they can tell God, glory to your name, because I know I'm still being worked on. I'm still on the potter's wheel. I still got some cracks. I still got some stuff. Lord, that's why I praise you like I do. The folk that think they already fixed sit there with a frown on their face, but the people who know God's still working, I wish I had about 10 folk that know God's still working on you to give God some praise. I'm done. With their words, the godless destroyed their friends. Proverbs 11 and 9. Here's my question. Do you want to be known as a problem identifier or an encourager? Are you someone who always finds fault and failure in others? Or are you someone who in spite of fault and failure, you're always fighting for success? Are you a giver of life or a giver of death? I understand that for some of us, criticism may come more easily than encouragement. But I challenge you to make it a point the next time you begin to speak negative ask God to give you a positive word to say if it's no more than just pray about it hang in there don't give up Whenever you read your Bible and you see people who had messed up make it to Jesus, Jesus never, how can I say this? Jesus never gives them a breakdown of what they did to get in the place that they're in. The woman that was found in adultery, they brought her to Jesus. Jesus never asked her how she ended up in that place. Now he started writing in the sand. Then Samuel, he looked at them fellas that brought him with their hypocritical tales and said, let you who is without sin 
cast the first stone. And before you know it, they left. Because shame will make you leave the room. Oh, I wish I had somebody right there. Shame will make you leave the room. When you got to start dealing with yourself, you want to do that in private, not in public. Shame will make you leave. They left the room. Jokers looked around and them jokers was gone. And Jesus said, what are they that condemn you? She said, they're not condemn me no more, Jesus said. Neither do I. Go. He spoke positively in her life. He didn't give her a breakdown of what she did because she already knew what she had done. So I'm done. I'm done. But I challenge you before I leave. I challenge you to make it a point. The next time you begin to speak a negative word, ask God for a positive word to say. So the question for you to, for you to muddle in, to um, fight with, for you to get uncomfortable with, for you to have a real self Reflection for you to have to sit down and say, Okay, I got to work this thing out with me because I can't help nobody else if I don't know how to help myself. So, 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 this the question from this week to next week that you need to wrestle with, and I mean wrestle with it's okay, it's okay, don't mean something wrong with you, it means you try to get better. Wrestle with this question. Do my words bring life or build up or do my words bring death or cut down? Wrestle with that. And between this Sunday and next Sunday, if you find yourself giving words of death, say, hold up, wait a minute. Let me take a second break. Take a deep breath. More than that. More than that. Longer than that. 30 second break. And say, how, watch this. How can I say what I'm about to say, but say it in a way that it shows a positive light not a negative life. There, there's a story, and I'm done. There's a story of a blind man who was sitting on the sidewalk, and he was um, asking people to help him. He had a hat, and he had some coins in it, and um, on his sign, he wrote, I am blind. And the man, the people were passing by, the people were passing by, and the man noticed that he wasn't hearing much jingling in his had. Right? So somebody, a lady came along and she asked the blind man, can I write what you said on the back of your sign? He said, yes ma'am, you can. Of course, him being blind, he didn't know what she had written. But he noticed, Sister Cookie, that he began to hear more coins being dropped in his hat. The lady came back later that day and he asked, he said, ma'am, do you mind if I ask you what you put 
on my on my sign? She says, yes, I'll tell you. She says, you said I am blind. She said, but I wrote, today is the beautiful day, but unfortunately, I can't see it. I said the same thing you said. I just said it with a positive twist. Because when the people saw that you were blind, all they saw was you. But when they saw that they were blessed to see the beauty of the day, it changed from them seeing you to them seeing what you can't see. See, that's what we need to be able to do when we try to help somebody. We need to try to help them to be able to see what they can't see because of relationship with Jesus Christ. I wish I had somebody. You, he can see you in a way that you can't see yourself. He can take you to a place that you can't take yourself. He can do for you what you can't do for yourself. But it's going to take church folk. To give words of life and not give words of death. Come on, Cameron, let's give God some praise in this place. Look at your neighbor, say, neighbor. Watch your mouth. Look at your other neighbor and say, neighbor. Watch your mouth. Take out your mirror, say, self. Self, say, he. Watch your mouth. Come on, let's give God some praise in this place. For God's grace and God's mercy. Hallelujah.